everyone, and welcome! This is Raleigh Pralis, a.k.a. The Unicorn Lord, and welcome to episode 3 of The Prologue. This is the show dedicated to the guys that dream of making it big, and I hope to be the next Dirt or Phil Ivy of the world. I hope that I can, through this program, enlighten you people as to just how difficult it is to be the next hot thing in poker, and to show that hard work does in fact pay off, mainly by being the focus. So, a big shout-out goes to our guest, Escalante, and Tiresias from, I believe, first week's show. This week, we were actually down in the grudges playing against these two players in mixed games. And they actually battled it out against each other, and I got some good idea about how they play. And how they worked their aggression in. And it was really fun getting into the limit hands because Escalante just sat down at a 10-20 horse game with 1900 dollars. Now... I don't say he sat it down at ten twenty game, meaning he sat down at ten dollars twenty dollars. I mean he sat down at a ten cent twenty cent game with nineteen hundred dollars. <laughs> In fact, I think believe it was nineteen ninety nine point sixty four or something like that. And it was just weird to see him basically use that large number to his advantage to just get in every pot and just start running over everybody on the table. <laughs> but we also had, of course, Tiresias, who didn't really do anything. He just kind of sat out. And is current, I believe it was currently running in the F-Tops events. I don't know how he did. I'm going to find out by the end of this show. But they actually supplied a large proportion of my profits this week. Uh, limit hasn't been going too well. I actually dusted off about four binds to the same dickhead. Heads up. And I don't know. He kept sitting in there thinking I was going to keep giving him money. But he never quite realized that pretty much all the money he gained off me was basically bad beats. Oh. He caught off a hundred big blind shove when I had a pair with ace five so he coin flipped for it and he rivers a straight after I flopped a set so it was that type of situation and he just kept sitting there with ten twenty dollars you know I guess he was trying to marathon a session and I really hate those kind of players because he should have sat out a long time ago that that, I think that's what annoyed me more is that he pretty much just assumed I was dead money to him, even though I, I had been basically getting it all in good and he'd just been running extremely hot. But in any case, I'm not going to complain anymore about that. I also sat down with Tiresias on four tables and we played a little bit. In No Limit, and for the people who think that Tiresias is not a good player, 
he sat down, I believe, in 15 minutes, had already acquired a f half of my stack on one table, a buy-in at another table, and I think was up 30 cents on, on the third table within 15 minutes. This man is aggressive, and he knows exactly how much to bet in every spot. So, if you ever need some advice on how to play poker, he is definitely one guy to go to. And I would suggest that if you're a small stakes grinder who is a losing player, you you might want to seek him out and maybe pay him a couple bucks for his knowledge if, if he requests it. So, I also said that we had Escalante on the show. I said that last week too. This time he's actually on the show. And we're discussing limit poker. As it turns out, his strategy is actually fairly simple to follow. But his results speak for themselves. He recently made Supernova. I believe it was Elite. I'm not sure if he made Elite or not. I'd have to ask him about that. So, let's get to the break now, and we're going to talk to Escalante about Limit Hold'em, basic strategy, basic bankroll management, basic tournament strategy. This is the prologue, and we'll be right back after this. Never give a fuck how far pie You are dealing with a reborn I took a lane Older guys Fuck rocks I walk cypress Stuck at the bus stop Wookie wood must not sleep Sleep under the invaders Don't batter Batter No trouble Wired under ragers Play box cutter Facelift Rock cutter Makeshift spirit Pity I'm just a funny moniker With a couple of fresh records And a banging hand Sign up with the jookies When it gets with Fork for that Metal train grab Brainiac Fork for them Not a limelight More to blush I've been crazy And when I'm multi-willing And tin our traditional rituals Out the hearts of starving shit I'm ready to see the city Bleeding from the satellite Born by the corporate war drums recorded poorly Dirty dub band Bruised by the hues of wicked palace Chewed by the tooth of living maggots Dino DNA and call a strike No chase stars Attacks colorful mix rappers on motherships Hazy days to stay purple Cause what is the bargain like crazy any commercials Go Network with a dirt devil Burn train buffers High The way your little parasol spins by Suck my knee into full dick Catapult spin Losing the screws and bolts And all they hurts Crews go from bulk and soak and bolt That radium I'm a mayhem Fine Suicide alive full of plastic And had it while I planks into the map most. Find your rivals and a graphite. 
was in Violator with Joshua for the war gamer sis. Now the architects are rioting cause we built something different. I'm like, how the fuck short shot evolution? Not my business. My elephant television was on. Grape soda, grape ape, great space coast. DD, GI Joe, Transformer, Herculoid, Thundercat, Voltron, Speed Razor, Space Ghoster. Just a flick of an images with Carolyn fingertips, C4 to 4 chamber skips. Oh shit. They say his eyes were spiraling back when he hit the map. Well, first word, oh, it's like that. Started bending spoons and ripping arrows at a lady hawk. Swim C3P unit trying to interpret the baby tour. Train buffers. Right turn with a Mr. Iceberg. Fine, but you don't like our kind. Do you? Junkyard dog. Hot tin roots, cradle kittens with them subpar floors. Rapid as my radio, graffiti as my TV. B-boys keep them windmills breezy. talking limit poker with Escalante. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's just get down to it. You are a limit specialist. What made you become a limit specialist? Uh, I used to play No Limit for a while. Went to Tunica one day. And as I was waiting for a No Limit hat, cash came to come up, I decided to sit in a 4-8 limit hold'em game. And they were fucking terrible. They were horrible. <laughs> that was my daughter coming in here saying she wanted to ride her bike, so I just closed the damn door. <laughs> Anyways, they were horrible at it, and so I decided that I'm horrible at it, but I know if I could get good at this game that I could easily crush it. So that was about a year and a half, two years ago, and ever since then I've been playing Limit Hold'em. All right, and so what is the major difference that you've seen between uh, Limit Hold'em and No Limit Hold'em that you've been able to exploit the difference yeah um value bet betting a lot thinner uh -huh. um i constantly see people check behind top pair top kicker in a heads up pot and it's just horrible i'll bet ace high king high as for value and these guys are sitting there checking back those plays so that saves me a lot of money when they're checking back made hands where if they bet i would have called them and paid them off uh I bluff a lot less, and, you know, in Limit Hold'em, you can't push people out of the pot. So if I have a weak made hand and I, I'm going to showdown with it, I'm just going to call the whole way. They can't bluff their way out of it. So main thing is it's easier to pick off bluffs from no-limit players because they think they could just push you out the pot and value betting. Value, value, bet my damn hands. That's, that's the main thing that I see. Too much, too much checking and too much bluffing. All right, so... You're an unlimited player, and you sit down, 
add a limit table. What is the advice you're giving to this no limit player when you uh, when he's first starting off? Like, what is the first thing that you're going to tell him? Play more hands. Um, a lot of hands that I play under the gun in limit can't be played in no limit, especially in the four eight live games where everyone's you know it's like an eight way pot. You know, ace deuce suited can be played from under the gun. Four five suited can be played. Play more hands. Um, draw more. So those, draw more. So those Go type ahead. Of, so those type of hands that that would normally be unplayable in no limit poker, you can start playing those from any position like. With exactly. Ace. Like ace deuce exactly. under the gun will get you in trouble in no limit. But in limit, it's a money maker, especially in low low stakes. You know, and on the button, I play almost like 50% of my hands for value. You know, weak weak suited kings are valuable, jack eight offsuits valuable, stuff like that. So I would tell them to start playing more hands, um, bluff less. Actually, I would say someone that's coming into the game never bluff. Never ever bluff in, no, in limit hold'em, and you'll be fine. Um, another thing I do, I tell people is, you know, calculate your pot odds because oftentimes it's profitable to ca call a flop bet with a gut shot. You know, if you're getting 12 to 1, you have a gut shot call where most no limit players will fold that stuff. So play more hands, don't bluff, value bet relent relentlessly, and learn the math behind it. Do you think that, like, because you just said, uh, they'll they'll fold the gut shot that they're still thinking maybe pot odds in terms of uh, no limit like I don't maybe, know I, I guess maybe they're just thinking hey I would normally fold this hand in no limit so I might as well fold it in limit so I don't know maybe they're just thinking I have a gut shot so I should fold not thinking that oh I have the proper odds to continue I should call so I don't I don't know that's the only thing I can think of and when you say never bluff that's I've been you see me starting to play at the limit sections. It's kind of hard to really tell when you're bluffing or not, though. Like, even with aces, I'm not really sure whether or not I have the best hand here in certain um, spots. Well, I'm talking for beginner players. They shouldn't bluff. When you start getting comfortable with it, then bluffing can be a part of it, but mainly semi-bluff. You know, if you have queen-10 on a jack-9 flop, you could check-raise as a bluff. Well, no, it's just like when aces come out and I have uh, a gutch... No, I'm sorry, not a gut shot. Um, four to a flush, I can't really tell if I'm bluffing there or not. You know, he might have the flush, and I might just be drawing to the flush, which in that case would make it a semi-bluff. You know, in these situations, it seems like you can get a lot more often into these uh, sort of you-don't-really-know-where-you-stand situations. Yeah, we call it we call it a way, a bit, way ahead, way behind line. And... Uh... That all depends on your position. Uh, I'm not sure what what the board is, I guess, but I, I just bet. If you're not sure, just bet. You never know. Good things might happen. And if you get raised, then you know what you're up against. And if they just call, then you're probably up against the, the draw or whatever. Just hmm. bet your damn hand and good things happen. Sounds like someone else I know. All right. So what limits do you play at exactly? And is there a difference between the limits that you've noticed? Um, I play the I24 table, the 50 cent $1 limits. Uh -huh. um, I haven't played a lot of the lower limits much. Every now and then, like a dunk around in 2 cent, 4 cent. And even that's a lot harder than the $4, dollar $8 live games. Uh -huh. um, the difference is in the 2 cent, 4 cent, you may get a raise every, once every 15 hands. 
it just gets a little bit tighter and a little more aggressive as you move up. The 25 cent, 50 cent was a lot more aggressive, a lot tighter than the 2 cent, 4 cent, and so on and so on. So uh, I, pl- I played a little on the 1, 2, the 2, 4, and you can you can tell big time the difference. So that's a huge jump from there. So, a lot of heads up pots, a lot of raising, re-raising, a lot of bluff raising and all that good stuff. So a lot more poker being played where at the lower limits, a lot more cards are being played. Uh, so what you're saying is that despite so it's kind of opposite as to no limit because in no limit if you're down at those stakes every pot's raised every pot's got like seven or eight collars with seven cents but in limit it seems to be the exact opposite no one wants to be raising these hands and they'll just easily check it down right a lot of low limit donks just like to play limit because they want to see some flops without having to pay too much of a price so they'll just limp in with their queen five offsuit up under the gun you know i've seen people play 10 deuce under the gun just because it's doyle brunson so yeah i mean i i absolutely agree they just want to play they just want to have fun <laughs> all right I'm so what is, so you say you play uh 25 cent 50 cent one dollar that's oh, 50 cent one dollar i'm sorry uh, you said that they're a lot more aggressive up there. Is it wise to be aggressive down at the at the smaller limits then? Oh, absolutely. Because if most of them, if they're willing to call one bet, they're willing to call two. So if you have aces under the gun, it'd be stupid for you to limp under the under the gun and hope to get people to come along. No, you raise, you're still going to get five or six callers. Uh, also, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to mention is uh, in late position, you can raise a lot more hands for value. If you have five people limp in front of you, Mm-hmm. You could raise hands like Jack Queen suited, uh, seven nine suited for value. So absolutely, you better be raising down in those levels for value, not for bluffing, for straight straight up value. So you would. So as per usual, you keep saying don't bluff, don't bluff, don't bluff down these limits. Right, but it doesn't mean don't raise for value. Even if you don't have a made hand, you're still raising for money, not for you know equity and all this other made again crap that higher people. Or higher limit people think about. Uh huh. All right. So, how low can you actually value bet? Because you keep saying that you can value bet this hand and you can value bet this hand, but is there like a point at which you're not going to value bet a certain hand? Like, it has to be bottom, bottom, bottom pair, or can you still be betting that and be profitable? If if I'm out of position, I'm gonna do what I call value town myself. If I'm going to call a bet when it comes back to me, I might as well just bet it myself and make them pay for a weaker hand. Mm-hmm. So if I'm at a position with fifth pair heads up, I'm going to bet it. I may even bet ace high. Um, out of position, I don't know. It just depends on how many players there are. I have been known to value bet ace high and be right and be wrong. Um, any pair heads up, I'm value betting it. Three-handed, it might go back down to second or third pair. It just depends, but... If you think you have the best hand, you know, bet it, because they'll probably be thinking, well, it's only one more bet. You know, I flopped quad aces and gotten called down by, you know, 10 high the whole way down. I mean, go figure. So. Mm. All right. And now let's get to bankroll. There seems, of course, there's a large difference between the limit bankroll and a non-limit bankroll. You can stick a lot less money into actually playing limit. What do you think? Or should be your uh, requirements for bankroll. In the- um, common knowledge is about 300 big bets, but you could probably lower it down down at the two cent, four cent, five talking, cent, ten cent. We're talking about 300 buy-in? big bets. Say that again. For a buy-in. 
Not for a bankroll, I'm talking 300 big bets. Oh. You can put it. You can put it all on the table if you want. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, I'm just saying for an overall bankroll, around 300 is good. Lower limits, you could probably lower it to around 200 to 250 because it's so passive. You won't have that much various variance. Higher limits, um, probably go up to about four or 500. This is a good question. I think it was there was a post on Poker Road about this, and I told that poster that. I think a good bankroll is 300 big bets and at least 40, at least enough money to have 40 big bets per table if you're going to multi-table. Huh. See, my, my bankroll, I like to keep at least 1,000 big bets because that's barely enough for 40 big bets per table. So that's my thing. 300 big bets, at least 40 per table, and you're good. So you don't think that you have to uh, keep some on the side, like with no limit? Keep some on the side? Yeah, you know, keep some out of the tables at all. No, because it's limit. You can't lose your whole bankroll on in limits, so it doesn't matter. I don't know. I've seen some people do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. If they're going to lose it, whether they put 20 on there and reload seven times or put it on there, they're going to lose it anyways. I would just make sure I have at least 12 big bets on, per table, enough to cover each street capped. All right, and now let's get to that. When should you be cap? Uh, when should you be capping every hands? Like, is it just with when you have the nuts, or should are you still doing that with uh, your value hands? You are asking some broad ass questions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it is always it depends. I will cap ten nine suited pre flop sometimes, and sometimes I won't. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm new to this game. I'm, I haven't played limit that often. You've sat down maybe I, in one session. I'm still in. I'm answering your question. I had to breathe. You know, you got to oh. give me a chance to catch my breath. Sorry, I thought you were uh, taking a break. <laughs> no. no. Um, pre-flop, I'm always raising. I'm always capping, usually queen, queen plus, and uh, ace, king. Uh, if there's more players in the pot, the more players in the pot, the more I'm willing to cap. If it's five ways, five-handed, I'm basically capping my whole range. Hmm. You know, if it's five-handed capped... You know, the game is pretty loose. They're not all going to have monsters. So 10-9 suited, I'm capping it. King-queen suited, I'm capping it. Ace-10 suited, I'm capping it. Uh, the only thing I wouldn't cap probably are some of the bigger offsuit cards. You know, people think suitedness doesn't matter. It matters. It adds 5% to your chance of winning, I believe. So, and sometimes I'll just flat call and, you know, check-raise the flop. Again, like I said, it always depends. But the more players in the pot, the more liberal I'm going to cap. Okay. And so let's get to another section of this tournaments. Do you play any? Uh, I will be in about a month and a half. <laughs> um, very, very rarely do I play tournaments. I just played one last night, bored out of my mind. Was it the F-Tops? No, it was just the $4, the $4 1000 guaranteed on Stars. Oh, I think they'll start ACS then. Um, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, is there a difference between like you know with no limit there's a difference between tournament play and cash game play is is there still a difference between tournament play and cash game play in, in my in my limited experience there is in the early levels i usually play like my uh, cash game style because it's not going to hurt me huh. but when we get when we get to the higher levels where you can't you know you can't raise fold or whatever you can't just sit there and limp i tighten my range in early position but i loosen it up in later position and try and get some steals or if I'm really short, I'm just going to pick a hand that I'm going to go all the way to showdown with. So in the, I would say in the early early stages, no, I don't see much of a difference. But in the late stages, you really have to be selectively aggressive. All right, so it's 
So you suggest like being looser it's, in the early stages and then tightening up as it goes along. Right. And that's, you know, I've had a little bit of success with it. I'm still trying to tweak it, but that's for now, that's the way I'm going at. It seems to be working. It's, you know, the complete opposite of no limit from what I, what I understand, especially the sin goes. Yeah. Cause in no limit, but, uh, the closer you get, it's more aggressive you want to get cause everyone else is knitting it up. Right. Did they knit so it up? I would, yeah. So I would say in the early stages, again, be loose with your calling, your limping range. And in the late stages, you could be a lot looser with your stealing range because they're less willing to defend their blind because the blinds are so high. So do they knit it up closer to the bubble as well? Like, are you are you? Oh, firing? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, they are. And yes, I am firing. I love the bubble. <laughs> so I, I hope it I hope it never ends, you know, when I'm playing because I'm sitting there raising basically any hand in any position. They're just sitting there folding it. So, yeah, in in that respect, limit and no limit are the same. Bubble time, exploit it. All right, and so after the bubble, what are you doing after the bubble? Uh, same thing basically because I made I may tighten up a little bit on my stealing range because since the bubble did burst, they'll be more willing to defend. But other than that, I'm still going to be tight under tight in early position, somewhat loose in late position, hope to steal some blinds and and chip up that way. Mm-hmm. All right, so <laughs> after the break which we'll get to right now. We'll talk to Escaliante about a few limit hands that I've been playing. This is the prologue, and we'll be right back after this. Radio Killer. Big Snoop D-O-Dub. The American Dream. Hey, yo, nephew. Won't you come up off them keys and sing a little something for the ladies? You know what I'm talking about? Let them know how we feeling right now. Every time I come Dog, I give it to her right, and she like it She on the hip like a sidekick Is he one of the coolest of fool on the flow? I whispered in her ear, come here, you ready to go? I rolled up a winner and put it up in the air Got that little dress on, you coming up out of there, yeah She like that, you like that? You say you bite? Well, I bite back And I'm all go, we can do it till tomorrow I beat it up like Harpo Snoop it, I go hard, baby, yes Kissing on your then I'm digging out your stress I won't stop till you finish, but you ain't felt love till a gangster get up in it. Drink. Every time I come around, Charlie love me down. Run up on me like click that. Felt like take that. We can do what it do when we do what we doing in the back of the lag. I'm like, I'm a ball for that. And every night a body gets checked. I got that gang. I'm a dog, I'ma give her what she like She say my name loud, I say her name low That's what I aim for, that's how the game go Baby like the way I wake her up Cause I'm a gangster, I grab her by the 
pillar to my side. I'm in deep, woke that up just to put her to sleep. Every day is the same thing, I creep in. It's like true blood, I sink my teeth in. I gotta have it, the LB raised me. We was taught how to do down crazy. Lights out, I'm so lit. Mommy's so gone, daddy won't quit. I won't stop till you finish. You never felt love till a gangster get up in it. Dream. Every time I come around, it love me down. Run up on me like click That you show the loop, the coupe, the roll. Anything goes, it's so good, got a wiggle in her toes. The boss, the dream, the floss, the cream, the trips overseas. All these things really don't mean a thing when I'm tearing that up, working you like a shift. I give it to you like a gift. You hear what that boy say? You getting jacked, give it up fast. Then I hit it from the back. Snoopy gets so good, she's screaming, and I like that girl. She off in another world. I won't stop till you finish. She loved this gangster, especially when I'm in it. Dream. Every time I come around, it love me down. Run up on me like click clack. Sound like take that. Make it do what it do when we do what we doing in the back of the lab. I'm like, come up off of that. And every night her body gets And welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for hand analysis, and of course I've got Escalante to talk. Said it again. Sorry. Escalante, damn it. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that. It's like such a bad thing for me as a Mexican. Uh, so we're going to be talking limit hands with Escalante. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. You're Mexican. You can't fucking say Escalante. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. All these hands take down in two, four cent limit, and let's get down to it. I'm in the second seat in this hand, and I'm dealt nine nine. You have the converted hand. Why don't you run yes, through? Oh man, all right. Heroes mint position with nine of clubs, nine of hearts. All right, under the calls, you raise, which is good. Nine nine, you better be raising that shit. Uh, um, how many people are in this? In this uh, table, I can't see it from this. Seven. Seven-handed? Okay. No, no, button no. Three. Six, my bad. Sorry. All right, six-handed. All right, button three bets, one fold, big blind calls, under then calls, and you decide to cap. I was going to say you, I wouldn't cap there, but then I saw that it's six-handed. Capping's fine. Mm-hmm. Button calls, big blind calls, under then calls. All right, so we have a four-way capped pot, mm-hmm. which just tells you how much that they want to give their money away because there's no way there's four decent hands out there all right after the you cap the big blind decides to donk out on a seven five deuce rainbow board under the gun calls you raise you have an overpair you're playing against a bunch of idiots your nines are probably good there i like the raise good job good job so far you're betting your damn hand mm-hmm. all three of them call which can't be good Six comes on the turn. Big blind decides to double donk again. Under the calls, you still have the overpair. The only thing I'd be aware there is a completed straight, maybe a weird two pair. You raise, no problem with that. Button calls, 
big blind calls, everyone calls. You still have the overpair. I'd be a little bit scared by now. You know, seven six, five six. They like to play those kinds of shitty ass hands, mm -hmm. or, or raise them. They're they're actually good hands for this type of a game, but not to be capping and so on. Uh, River kind of sucks. It's a three completing a four straight. The final board is two, three, five, six, seven. Any four out there beats you. Big blind bets, other than in calls, you're probably beat, but you're getting, what, 20 million to one odds? You have to call there. And I just said that these players are horrible. Comes out that big blind had ace four offsuit. That was, so he under, had. He had, he had no pair, no draw on the flop. No, he, he, had, he, was draw, he had draw on the flop. Yeah, oh, that's right. He had the wheel draw. All right. Yeah. Still. All right. Nothing wrong with that then. Uh, under the gun decided to limp with king six. Didn't I just say they like to limp with this kind of stupid shit? And here they are limping with king six offsuit. Hmm. Um, I don't know what you want me to say with this hand. Really, you did everything perfect. You bet your hand. You were aggressive with it. Nice job. Translate that over to your no limit game. Quit, you know, quit checking royal flushes. <laughs> Um, big, let me talk about matter. let me talk about the big blind for a second though. There, uh -huh. um, he he actually did not play it that that bad. He should not have bet out on the flop. He should have just check called the whole way. And this goes back to me saying that no limit players like to fold gut shots. He had the odds to draw the, the gut shot the whole way down. Uh -huh. So so the big blind there with Ace Four, you're probably cursing at the screen, but. To be honest, he had the right odds to call. So if he would have just check called the whole way, he would have gotten at least ten to one odds to call. Nothing wrong with that. So all you people playing no or limit hold'em, you know, you have to hold your tilt back and just realize that sometimes they outdraw you and sometimes they played it right. So I would not have called pre-flop. <laughs> I mean, he cold called a three bet with Ace Four offsuit. And the, the king, the king six. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Yeah, that just all he good. had was a, he had one over card and a backdoor straight draw. So the these are the, kind, these are the kinds of guys you want at your table. You right. you want to make friends with them and take their money. Well, he hit a six on the turn. So the pot was ninety three cents. Rick was four, and my nine nines are no good. He wins with the straight three to seven. And as I said before, seat one, which is the guy right in front of me, has king six. So first thing that I noticed is that a lot more people are, are looking into these hands. We had half the table involved in this hand. Actually, pretty much everyone was involved. Right, and that's not uncommon for these lower stakes. Yeah. You played it good. You played it right. Eh. Just sometimes, sometimes you could play it right and it comes out wrong. No big deal. In the end, you'll you'll get their money. You played okay. it perfect. So let's just move on to the second hand. Then, if you say I played that one perfectly, second hand is again two four cent limit six handed. I think this is actually the same table. Five handed. Yeah. Someone left. So. All right. You want me to go through it? Yeah, you have the translates. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm you're on the button with uh, – I'm not going to say the suits because they're irrelevant for the hand. You're just on the button with jack-10 offsuit. Yeah. Under the gun limps, one fold. You call. Not 
not horrible, but with one limper, and especially as bad as that limper was with King Six, Jack Ten is probably ahead of that range. Mm. You could outplay him post flop, raise. Mm. Race to isolate the horrible player. Well, they're probably all horrible. Race to take the initiative and race to possibly create dead money. Small blind may fold, big blind may fold, you never know. Anytime you can create dead money, you're doing something right. So raise, 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 raise. Anytime, any any hand, this is what I always tell people that ask me about it. Anytime you have a hand that you would open with in late position, you should do the same if you have a limper. So any hand you would steal with, do the same thing as if there were a limper. All right, so you call anyway, small blind completes, big blind checks. So four-handed, the flop is 9-10-3 offsuit. Small blind bets, big blind folds, under the calls, you call. What do you think I'm going to say? raise <laughs> you can't you can't bet he bet it for you raise <laughs> you have top pair decent kicker a bunch of droolers raise now i'm going to give you another saying raise your damn hands raise there's a lot of draws out there charge them the max raise all right so this hear me a, raise yeah. <laughs> so if i start going wrong on the flop why not betting out there so the turn is the five of hearts he goes check he bets out for four, and I call again for four, and Richard, or the guy who checked, faults. Right. So, turn. What do you think I'm going to say on the turn? Bet some more. Raise. You should have raised. If you just if you just flatted the flop to raise the turn, that's okay. Mm. But you have top pair, decent kicker, against a bunch of dumbasses. You probably haven't beat. You have to learn to raise your goddamn hands. Because you'll see the outcome here in a minute. River, you get an offsuit deuce. You you called by the way, small blind folded. Heads up, rivers an offsuit is a two. Suits irrelevant. Under the gun bets, you call. He shows two three for two pairs. Exactly. Now he probably would have called your raises the whole way down. But again, you can't look at it as this, as this one hand. You may have lost this one hand, but the other eighty five percent of the times you would have won. A lot more money. I see. So, so you should have you should have raised pre-flop. You should have raised the flop. Although the flop call, I'm kind of thinking about that. That's actually not so bad. Um, you definitely should have raised the turn. As played, I, don't, I like the check on the or I like the flat call on the river though. Okay. So, get so aggressive. The name, the number one thing we're learning here is bet, 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 and raise. <laughs> and race. So, nothing wrong with the first hand, second hand, not enough raising by me. Not even close. Nope. You cost yourself, to be honest, you cost yourself in the long run probably about three or four small bets. Yeah, probably. Which, you know, added up, you know, that's that's a lot taken out of the hourly rate. you got to get aggressive there. Well, if I can look at anything on the plus side is that I lost the minimum. This was a 30-cent pot, and he takes in a 29-cent pot. The rake was this penny. So I lose with Jack-10, and he wins with two pair. And let's get to the third and final hand before Escalante breaks something. <laughs> I'm hearing something in the background. <laughs> I'm plugging my computer in. The, the battery's running out. Oh. There we All go. All right. So once again, this is a 2-4 limit. 
six max. I'm in the small blind. All right, and so. this is five. This is five-handed. You're in the small blind with ace queen offsuit. Right. Mid position limps. Notice the trend here: a lot of open limping, no no raising. Horrible, horrible strategy. Never. Okay, I shouldn't say never. Rarely open limp. Um, not six max, anyways. Let's see. Mid position limps. Button calls. You raise in the small blind. Good. Big blind calls. Mid position calls. Button calls again. Five players, four-handed, raise pot. They're just giving their money away. Flop comes queen, nine, four with two diamonds. You do not have a diamond. You bet out, call, call. You know, you did good. You're betting your damn hand. Turn kind of sucks. It comes off suit 10, but you're still so far ahead of their range that you can't let, you can't check and give them a free card. So you bet out, which is good. Mid position calls, button calls. River... Sucks even more. Puts, exactly. Offsuit 8 puts a 4 straight out there. 8, 9, 10, queen. You decide to check, which I do not like. Yes, you should be afraid of the jack, but they could just as easily have a weaker queen, a 9, a 10, an 8, a 4, ace highs, two napkins, you know, whatever. So I would recommend bet folding here because you're going to call... Well, let me complete the action here. You checked, mid-position bets, button calls, you called. You called, that's right. And there's, and let me, before we go at the results, let me go over this. There's been a lot of debate on the difference between bet folding and check calling because people think, oh, you're still only losing one bet. It's the same thing. It's not. Let me repeat it. Bet folding and check calling are not the same thing. Because when you check there on the river with the four straight and someone bets, they're only going to bet with their straight. They're not going to bet with their weaker hands that you beat. So by check calling, you're only you're basically you're not getting any value out of the hands you beat, but you're losing value out of the hands that beat you. You're still losing that one bet. But if you bet out, they're going to call you with the weaker hands. So by bet folding, you're still going to lose the same amount as if they had a jack, but you're going to win money if they had a weaker hand. But by check calling, you're not winning a damn thing if they bet. It turns out Button had six eight of diamonds. He had a four flush. Uh, and Button called the river bait, bet with just a pair of eights. That's funny. Uh, mid position had ace jack offsuit, and you know you lost with your pair of queens. He rivered his, his straight and lost right. with a pair of queens. So what's the main thing that, that you can point out from all these hands that you would like to see me improve upon? Um, don't be afraid of betting mar marginal hands, and don't be afraid of raising with them. See that last one on the river? You bet. He'll probably raise to the jack and you can comfortably fold. Uh -huh. You lose a bet. Check calling, you lose a bet. But like I said, if you bet and they call, you probably have them beat and you, you gain an extra bet there. So just get more aggressive. Bet until they t and raise until they tell you otherwise. Right. No, aggression, aggression, aggression. Just be the monster? Exactly. All right. Is there anything else that you can see that... that would be helpful to the, the listeners and to me. Uh, anything else? Um, yeah, by being aggressive, it oftentimes buys you a lot of free cards. Where if they, you know, if you have a four flush or whatever on the flop and you raise with it, mm -hmm. oftentimes they'll call and then check to you on the turn and you can check back and see a free river. So oftentimes, aggression, being aggressive on the flop, saves you money because you get to see a free, a free river. 
you know, just be aggressive, right? Play more hands, don't bluff, be aggressive, bet your fucking hands. That's all I can say. Bet until they tell you to stop. All right, so, excuse me. If we've learned anything here today, it's bet, 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 bet. I guess this is a recurring theme that seems to be occurring on the Limit Show. <laughs> so we've learned about bankroll management. We learned about uh, aggression, and we've learned that it's better to be betting, even if you're unsure of whether or not you've won this hand. If the card sucks, it it's better to be betting out on that on that card that might suck for you than to just check call. Right. Actually, especially if you're unsure. I'm more likely to bet if I'm unsure of where I'm at than if I am sure. Hmm. All right. And another th- one no. more thing. You, you said uh, if the scare card comes, you should still bet. Just keep in mind that that card may look scary to you. It may also look scary to your opponent. So bet and find out if it really does scare them. All right. Thank you. Escalante. <laughs> Got it right that time. All right. <laughs> All right. My guest has been Limit Specialist Escalante. You can find them on Volto? Poker Stars. Poker Stars under Professor Kane. Professor Kane? Kane. Kane. Yeah. All right. Just just don't chat because I'll probably be at 35 other tables. So if I ignore you, I apologize. Nothing He's, personal. I have seen these <laughs> sessions where he has posted himself on multiple tables it is insane you should check out his videos is there a link for them on youtube you know no i took them down oh you took them down no it was just a gift to poker road i can't give away all my secrets (laughs) (laughs) this is the ps3 controller and we'll be right back after the break with some closing thoughts this is the prologue and we'll be right back after this Yes, the land of 
we've come to the end of the show, and that was my guest, Escaliente. Betting seems to be the main thing that he's trying to teach me and trying to teach you to do in Limit Hold'em. You shouldn't be calling with your medium pair hands and things like that. You should be betting them with the 9-9 hand. You know, he said that it was correct to bet there. And that the people are going to be limping in because they want to be seeing flops. So start punishing them with your your mediocre hands or your draw hands. You know, basically just make them, make them pay to see is what I'm getting out of him. So on next week's show, I'm currently looking for a guest right now. I am in talks with one Mr. Ryan D'Angelo, a.k.a. Golfa. And I've also gotten in touch with Joe Navarro, so we might have one of those two guests. I'm not promising anything. If we have Golfa on the show, of course, I'm going to ask him about his WPT wins. And so just some basic advice for people down in these limits that would be helpful. Maybe how he actually won his two bracelets. What was the strategy going... Oh, I'm sorry, they don't give out bracelets for WPT events, do they? So how he won his two WPT events. And if we, of course, if we have Joe Navarro on the show, I'm pretty sure you guys know where I'm going with this one. We might... We, of course, are going to talk about tells, since Navarro is a notorious body language specialist. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyways, so we've reached the end of the show. I'm going to go ahead and leave you little boys and girls with another track from the Gorillas off their new album, of course, which is Plastic Beach. This time it's going to be the song known as Empire Ants. This is the prologue. This is the one, the only, the Unicorn Lord, and I'm out.
Shadow 